we're going to be chatting uh, this afternoon into some of the stuff we've spoken about already. Uh, but we're going to chat into uh, things around biblical blueprint, uh, biblical leadership, leadership in the church, church planning, transition. And so this afternoon we've got Russ Doty up here, we've got Tyron up here, we've got Chris, and we've got Dad. Uh, each of these guys, oh, this is my dad, Leo. Your dad. My dad. It's everybody, the father. He's everyone's spiritual father. <laughs> Very good. So everybody here has planted a church, but Chris, you're in the process of planting a church, is that correct? Um, so maybe even, it might be cool to like, maybe start into that, like what it's been like planting churches with this, I guess, biblical blueprint, how it's kept us safe, you know, maybe some of the challenges, there are challenges, you know, when we choose to build this way, um, it might not be as fast, you know, um, we might not look as flash, um, but maybe, I don't know, you know, what you've, your experience in building um, through the biblical blueprint, yeah, I don't know, do, yeah, who wants to, anyone want to jump in? Yeah. Just to, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, for us, we're right in the process of it, so it is exciting and daunting. I mean, it's not an easy task, but we're excited to reach a region. And I think, you know, being around guys who planted churches in, in other streams and flows, to have the privilege to have team around, to be able to bounce stuff off, to get perspective. Hey, how about this? How about that? Um, first of all, that's just, you're not on your own. Because you do feel like you're on your own. It's not like everybody's there with you. But um, Tyron's up the road. Uh, Joel, uh, Daniel's also on team. But just the guys even around the world to be able to chat with and connect with. Uh, it just makes a difference because we know in October Tyron's coming in to just do some training. So we know that the, the foundations will be built. We'll have other people investing in our leadership with the breadth of what God's going to do. Um, and again, you're never on your own. You can always... Have guys come in, speak in, carry it with you. Um, it really is a privilege. But it isn't, it isn't the flash way to do things, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're not trying to get nothing wrong with smoke machines and things. But we're not worried about those things. We're worried about reaching people, equipping people, yeah, and reaching the region. Um, and, again, doing it in partnership. Yeah. Yeah, just on church planning, if I can just say this, not everyone's called to plan a church. Um, it's not the goal. If you are here to say, until I plant a church, I'm really not worth anything, that's not true. In actual fact, many have said NCMI is a church planting movement. We're not. We are about the king and the kingdom. That's it. And one of the very strategic ways biblically in order to advance the kingdom for the king is church planting. So not everyone's called to plant a church. But everybody needs to be involved in church planting because we're about the Great Commission and getting on with the job. And so it, it just, just shift the thinking that not, I want to go plant, I'm going to be involved in planting. Whether you go or not is up to the call of God. But we should be all about uh, recognizing, raising up, and releasing. And uh, I think the best way to describe church planting just would be that you know, we got some people in this room perhaps that have a heart for evangelism. I know many of you guys are out on the streets even bringing people to this meeting, which is great. Uh, but a lot of people have a heart for the lost. But then when people get saved, they leave them on the sidewalk and say, hey, you know what? Go find a Christian church or go find a Bible-believing church. I mean, which sounds awesome and we know what that means. But to most believers, uh, new believers, they don't know what that means. In actual fact, they are babies. It's like birthing a baby on the sidewalk, on the pavement, and saying, go find a house or go find a home that will take care of you and nurture you and raise you up to be, a, be an adult. And what baby could do that? And so I, we do believe if we're serious about evangelism, if we're serious about reaching the world, if we're serious about the Great Commission, then we will be serious and very pro-church planting. And in saying that is that if we find people, if they're getting saved, we link them into local churches, not just a good local church, not even, can I say, a Bible-believing church. I believe we should find New Testament churches that are 
serious about investing in them, raising them up and releasing them, not just holding on to them and keeping them engaged, but raising them into what God has. And so church planting should be in every one of our hearts. We should celebrate it, but we don't idolize it and we don't make it the goal. We make the king and the kingdom the goal, but you cannot read scripture without seeing, certainly in the New Testament, church planting is a major, major way for this to happen. And just for me, if I can also just say this, NCMI does not plant churches. I I hear guys all the time, NCMI, we've, the guys this morning did a great job talking a little bit about NCMI. NCMI is a team, that's it. And this team, according to Ephesians 4, is a five-fold gifted team. That's it. We can't plant churches because people plant churches, not a team. And actually, biblically, local churches should be planting local churches. All right? It's like we've been given as the body of Christ the DNA to multiply. If we're not multiplying, there's something wrong with us. But we look at church and go, you planting, there's something wrong with you. No, no, if you're not planting, there's something wrong with your DNA because we've been given the ability and the commission to multiply. So we as a team, we don't plant churches. Local churches plant local churches, but we get alongside them and we help them in the planting of those churches to help them established and to be matured and to be equipped for ministry. So just... We've got to reverse the thing, NCMI does it. No, no, we as a team function in, with, and through local churches. We don't do this outside of local churches. We don't do it apart from local churches. We function in and through the local church. And so just know that. So we need everyone on board, not just a team on board. Elders need to be on board. If, like Darren said this, uh, or Darren or Matt, one of them said that, Elders are the highest human governing and authority in the local church. God made it that way. Then if they're not on board with church planting, how many of you know you're going to struggle to multiply if your leaders are not on board with recognizing and raising people up? So that's where it has to happen. But we help in that process through local churches, and it's a super exciting venture. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not our call. It's part of our God-given inheritance is to plant, multiply and plant churches wherever we go. Can I add to just church planting? And I agree. Now it's on? Yeah. Let me just add to that. And having been involved in some church plants, I agree with Tyron that it's not the team. And let me say this in a real sense, church planting is Jesus' plan when the kingdom is being extended. Churches are planted. It's his plan for the extension of the kingdom. It, church planting is not a growth strategy. If we could only plant more churches, we would have more. It's actually the opposite. Can I say this too? The one essential for a church planter is that you hear God. There's a lot of things that people have strategies and plans and this is how it should be. We were part of planning in Denver together, and we had this wonderful strategy of how we would get launched, and, and, and we did none of it because it's the Holy Spirit. Well, let me say this. If you're a local church and you've got someone stirring in their heart that God's stirring to plant churches, we always want to do the best for them, but that's not essential. Don't let the perfect stop you from releasing people because we don't quite have everything in place. Well, it'd be great if we had a team of 100 to go. Not many churches have 100 people to release to go plant a church. Or if we could set them up with a half a million dollars so they could get a building and not have to worry. I mean, that, that, that would be wonderful. I wish that were the case of the church that I planted. Uh, almost, no. <laughs> but, but I just want to encourage you. If God's speaking in someone's heart, pray with them. Hear the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes they need to have the the challenge of seeking God, realizing he's their source. Not everything provided. When we transitioned, Matt didn't actually plant plant Melbourne Lights, but we transitioned. But someone had said to us at the time, you need to get a building before you go. We had set some money aside. 
And God's very clearly spoke to me and said, Matt needs to have his battles and his successes. And he's turning a great leader. I, I didn't set it up for him. Just the opposite. He had to fix all the stuff I did wrong. And he has. But I just want to encourage you. The, the one essential is hearing God. He's the source. If you don't have enough resources, he'll provide. If you don't have a team, he will connect you with people. But you actually have to. Don't do it unless you've heard God. Mm. I and mean, if you've heard God, go for it. Mm. Because it's his plan to extend his kingdom. Mm. Come on. Russ, how, how old are you, Russ? Whoa. <laughs> Can I publicly shame what, what? you? I look more than 39. He's older than 39. He's older than 39. Russ has been involved in planting, not to embarrass you, but involved in planting with Mary three churches. I just want to ask you, like, from, from experience, uh, what have you found the value of, what, what has it been like uh, partnering in with a translocal team like NCMI and planting rather than planting alone? Because we hear of a lot of people, and we, we heard today that you should, it's not about going out and starting something on your own, being self-appointed. But uh, what, what, do you, what have you found is the value you know, some of the values of, yeah. For, for us, the first time we planted, we had come from a different model into NCMI. And to be honest, it was like I got born again, again. Uh, we had moved to Australia from the States, and everyone kept telling me, you're too idealistic. This doesn't work. You can't build this. But I'm going, but this is the Bible. It has to work. And we came to Coastlands. That Dudley was leading Tyron's dad way back in those days. And it was like I got born again. We then planted into Melbourne. But it's so hard not to fall back into what you know rather than falling forward into what you've heard and what is God's pattern. Because we spent a lot of time in a different pattern. And so having team guys who come in and just help make corrections you've kind of slipped here or how about this or you know sometimes we're so keen we want team i'll take anybody i'm gonna make them my team and uh, we learned we dealt with a, another church planter and what happened is he didn't have teams so he made his whole church he treated them like they were elders every decision they talked about which which sounded great he, his whole goal was, was transparency. But as they grew and he was ready to release elders, he had half the church leave because they felt like that they were rejected. Wow. They were functioning as an elder. They were never ordained to be elders, but he, it, it was just a mistake. Someone coming in from the outside can see that kind of stuff and just say, you don't have to make this mistake. We've made a lot of mistakes. And so you can either learn from all yours or you can learn from some of ours. That's great. Yeah. Anyone else want to see? I mean, we've been partnering for, what, 30, 30 years? Pretty much 20, 28, almost the entirety of the, the, this, this church's life. Um, I don't know if you want to speak into... Um, oh yeah, I got... I started, we started the church in my mum's lounge room at the age of 22. So I had no training except for reading the Bible. No, no blueprint, no understanding, except that God called us called me to plant at that point and um and I look back now I go what god if it wasn't for the call of god we definitely would have you know been uh, uh what do you call it um shipwrecked or um a statistic you know but but I knew in our hearts we needed to be partnered with someone I knew we can't do this alone I needed to be under under accountability I need need input I just knew that in my spirit and so I would yeah I would look at a certain different churches, different movements, but I just knew that wasn't for us. Then I heard about Dudley and what, what was happening in Adelaide and someone flew him into Wollongong because of the radicalness who's, of, of... Who's Dudley, just to uh, interject? Uh, uh, Tyrone's dad, who led the team, NCMI team, who came from South Africa, who had, le had led a large church and handed over that large church that was already nation's you know, focus and built what he knew how to build, but God said, go, leave and go to Australia and it was like go to the nations it's disciple the nations and he's leading by example but um but it, yeah anyway it's a long long story but when I first heard Dudley I thought this is exactly what I'm looking for because in my heart I knew I wanted something biblical uh, and I didn't know what I was looking for I did you know we when we went to Handoff in those times we stayed at one of the deacons home and the best I could do is 
I've got to look at the deacons. Are, are they healthy? Do they love Jesus? Are they honorable? Do they speak well of the leaders? I, I looked at those sort of fruits because I didn't know what else to look at, you know, when I talk about blueprint. And, but it was definitely God's guidance, and he led us too. And I was looking at the fruit, and I was looking at this, this church is on fire, loves Jesus. It was going to the nations. It was planting church. I thought, yes, I, I want to be like that. I'll, yeah. So we, we, we heard from God, and we partnered. But I can say now that if it wasn't for us partnering with the team, we definitely would have been a statistic. So we were just building completely unbiblical because we're doing our best. We didn't know the, any pattern. We didn't know what the blueprint is. We didn't, we, I didn't trust the Bible enough to go, oh, the Bible says this, that's what you do. And so by them coming in and over the years teaching us the Word of God and, and the blueprint, you understand what the blueprint means? It's doing it the right way. It's not doing it your way. It's doing it God's way. He's actually got a way on how local churches should function and how, how we should do kingdom. And so that, that has saved us, completely saved us uh, over the years. And so we're still 30 years down the track, still learning how to do it with the right blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the value as well, like for us as a church, because I've seen it in our context growing up, is like we've, it hasn't been a thing of having uh, repeat guest speakers. I mean, it was said, this, this sort of culture of guest speakers coming in, flying in, uh, swooping, pooping, giving us what they have to bring. <laughs> But, but there's, a, there's a real partnership. I mean, that's why we use the language of partnership, right? But we have guys coming in. <laughs> Lost everybody. No, but the, there's a truth to the, the partnership thing. So we have people come in and they're sitting with, you know, leaders on our team. We're working through marriage things, sitting in our leadership meetings, sitting, having, staying in homes. And there's like a real, I mean, it's so akin to the early church of how they would do it together. And they'd come for seasons. They'd be, they'd be for seasons a part of what is happening in church. They'll be praying for you. Like I love when I've traveled, I've gone to other churches. I've seen that it's a part of their DNA to be praying in their own local prayer meetings for the other churches. And so I think there's something beautiful about that. And I know that uh, Ty, whether it was you or Dudley, uh, always use this uh, line of um, if your parish becomes your world, the world will never become your parish. And it's like lifting up your eyes to realize we're a part of something much bigger. But when people have come in, uh, as in like the translocal team for us NCMI, it's kept us sane because they haven't come in. They've come in as fathers. And Paul talks about how his father, fathers, he comes to bring. He's not looking to get from the son. He comes as a gift to bring something. And we've always been blessed. We've come away richer. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been crazy for us. With, with, I mean, we're talking about uh, team. We're talking about planting. Um, one of the things that we're seeing in church culture today is a lot more, probably a lot less church plants uh, contrasted with a lot more church sites. Um, I don't know, it might be cool to hear, I mean, we've got church people that are planting church sites um, in our own, you know, ranks and family. Um, any of you want to talk into that? Like, is, is it unbiblical? Is it biblical? Church campuses, all this sort of stuff. Is it abiblical? Yeah, look, guys, I mean, I think... I, I, I think we need to just relax a little on some of the methodology as long as it's serving the, the mission. I think if you're so focused on the hows, we often forget the reason. You know, people lose their way when they lose their why. We do things in order to reach people because that's what Jesus gave us to do. And so I, I, I believe biblically there's room for both. I think you're going to find far more planting is God's way. But I also have found that if you really have a heart for your city, and we should all have a heart for the nations, not just the nations, but also your city, not just your community. If you community vision only, then you can do this thing with one gathering. If you're serious about being a city church, and I'm not saying like you take over the city, but you're there to reach the city, you're going to have to look at fresh strategies on how to do that. And the one thing I've realized is you cannot commute to community. You've got to be in community and take community to community rather than get everyone to drive to some place that's three hours away and there's your community. And so 
it's not an either or, but if you had to choose one, church planting is more biblical. But in saying that, it's okay, I believe. And we've got the guys on our, in our, on our team who are 15, 17, 18, 20, 23 campuses. But they, here's the thing, they're also planting churches. And if I can just be bold enough to say, if you are all about sites without a heart to multiply and plant, you're probably an empire builder, not a kingdom builder. And you want to be in charge of the empire. You're not willing to release people to go and take the ground God's intended for them. And so I've always said this, if you... If you would rather uh, sites instead of planting, there's a problem. But if you're planting and you've got a heart for sites, if you're not willing for those sites to become church plants, like as in autonomous, their own churches, then I think there's a problem. doesn't mean they have to, because maybe they don't have to. But on the other side, if you're not willing, if you're saying, no, I'm going to put a site captain and he's going to be the wannabe leader, I'm the real dude, you all have to come to me. It's, it's just, how do you ever raise up leaders who can't make decisions for themselves? Surely parents, talking about fathers, I'm a failure to my sons, my three sons. If Joel's 22, he has to come ask me for permission, can he go out tonight or can he... But that's how we lead God's people. You have to bounce everything off me. I want to be the boss of everything. Surely a good father raises their sons and people up to go and be themselves and go and make your own decisions. And, and so again, it's a lot. It's, it's, there's many ways here. Some are all about sites. Some are all about plants. The Bible's about multiplication. And church planting is what we see. Absolutely unquestionable. But I do think there's room for not everyone. And most people who multi-site will tell you, do not multi-site unless God's told you to multi-site. Yeah. And, and, and can I say, we don't, like Russ said, you don't, you don't do things from strength. I think we should be doing things for strength. There are probably people in this room saying, if we had more people, more finances, when we have this budget, we will plant churches. Put your hand up if you haven't done that. I've done that, of course. Money, we've got the people. When we have, how many of you know you'll never have enough money, enough people? The devil will make sure of that because you think there's a certain number you've got to hit. And that's the danger of some of the church planting movements is you've got to hit this number and be approved by some man who decides you can plant a church when God calls you. Man recognizes the call of God. But what I've realized is a lot of guys are waiting till they're strong so we can plant churches. And I want to say we've never planted from uh, out of strength. We've planted because God said, and we've gone, and we've become strong. In other words, you plant for strength, not plant from strength. And I, I, I know some disagree with me. I'm cool with that, but just good luck planting anything if you're waiting to be strong enough to do what God's told you to do. If He calls you to do it, you're strong enough to do it. In actual fact, if you're waiting for approval of man, you're being more loyal to a man than you are to God. And somewhere we've got to take the, the steps of faith and step out and go and literally do with what it is God's called us to do. So I, I think it's both. It's not either or. And, and I do believe biblically church planting is God's way, but there is room for multiply, uh, for multi-sites. Um, for impact, not for numbers, not so I have a big church so we can have a greater impact in our city, which I think is what God's called us to. So. Can, can I say, sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to put my mic down. I'm, a, I'm about to drop the mic, all right? Um, church planting is biblical. Multi-siting is biblical. But don't go after multi-siting at the expense of church planting. Then you will be unbiblical. And if I could say in it, for us going from being a site to now working, becoming autonomous, I think the idea of a site starting out with the idea to plant as multiplication is healthy. The difficulty is, is when we try and duplicate by multi-site. So I'm going to go an hour, five hours away and do exactly the way we do it here, there. 
Because what we found is we got to a point as a site where the strategy of where we were was very different from where the church that sent us was. And so no longer could you, you couldn't duplicate. It had to be multiplied, so it had to be released to do what God called us to do in that region. So I think, again, siding can be a start, but it really can't be the finish because you get duplication. And we led a church in Orange County, uh, California, for years. And a lot of the model there was sight, 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 and it was drop down a screen, watch the guy from home base do his thing, and the guy would pop out and say, hi, I'm the pastor. Here, watch this guy and disappear. Come up if you need prayer afterward. And uh, the problem with those is as the guy leading the thing got older or ready to retire or whatever, there was no one raised up within. And then you're trying to keep his duplication of something. You know, it just, it ends up destroying itself. Um, so I think it is the intent you go out with that can determine the multiplication and effect. That's great. Um, we're talking, I mean, with, with planting, we're talking about sending. It's a lot to do with sending. Um, I know the word says, you know, we should be, we should be slow to lay hands on people. We're talking about releasing people into leadership. Um, so, we're, you know, we're wary not to release people too early. But what about, um, you know, what are the perils of releasing someone too late? And can that do something to the culture of a church as well? Anyone want to pick up on that or thoughts? Or I mean, again, to expose Russ. Apparently, Russ yeah, has Russ moved. stayed too long. <laughs> Russ, Russ has moved 11 times internationally. So Russ and Mary want to stop moving. If you guys can start moving around. I think it's we just keep getting kicked out of a lot of nice nations. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's good. But yeah, I don't know. Because we do. We talk about, like, we, want, we prep, we train, all of this. You know, is there something to be said about not being too slow to release, you know? You know, it, coming back to the Bible, there's certain biblical requirements. And, and it's always good to come back to the Bible. Yeah, sure. But the Bible's focus is very much on character. And the danger is that leaders in different places, you would have a different need for certain leaders in this church than we might have in Launceston or a church plant. And so the danger is that we start adding to the Bible other qualifications, character plus this amount of experience or character plus something else. And, uh, while that might be the case, if they're coming into leadership in a church that's been existing for 30 years and is having a, a, an impact, it might not necessarily be the case for a church that is just getting started. Yeah. And so I think it's just hearing the Holy Spirit, but, but just be careful that we don't add to the to Bible and yeah. make it the Bible plus all these other requirements. Someone once said years ago that we... What happens is as we get older, we continually raise the bar, the standard. This is what it took when Leo planted at 22. But Leo might say, if he's not careful, now it takes this. And we look at someone who's 22 who wants to plant in their mother's lounge room, and we'd say, no way, Jose. Jose. That's crazy. You know, but but that was that was the Holy Spirit. So all I'm saying is that yeah. it really comes down to when our heart is kingdom advancement, we just be careful that we don't add to uh, the Bible. Don't take away. Don't cut corners on character. Yeah. That's right. You can risk with other areas. Maybe they don't have enough experience. Maybe they'll learn. A lot of church planters. The church doesn't explode right away because they're growing and God's doing some things in them before he really can entrust more people to them. Uh, so the, there is that, but don't, don't ever cut corners with character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, um, I think some of us have so raised the bar, we wouldn't cl- qualify for our own teams right now. <laughs> That's fact. Seriously. We saw, I listen to people present... I'm like, you actually don't qualify for what you're presenting. It's 
The longer we're in it, the more we want to raise the bar. And I think it's, as, as Russ said, absolutely. Character is something we can do. We can work out. We've got to not risk on that. But everything else, and I think even experience, like you say, it's hearing God, friends, and recognition and helping that person come through and, you know, get, kind of helping them walk in more of what God has. But, you know, we, we've got to be wise in how we lead God's people. And I realize that we entrusted with his people, but they're his people. And he gets to talk to them without having to always go through you. And it's somehow like, until I hear God, you're not going. You know, I, I'm a, maybe different. Whenever I sniffed that one of our guys is feeling to possibly plant, I was all right, when are you going to plant? And then people, oh, and it wasn't to get rid of them. I'm, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm one of those guys, if you hold on to someone, you end up becoming enemies. I would rather send you by your revelation, even if, if I'm not fully on board, I'll let people know I'm releasing them, not sending them, but I'm hoping they've heard God. But I would never make you jump another five years on my leadership team to learn more. Then one day when I think you're ready, you get to go. Some people think it's reckless. I don't. I'd rather release them in their timing, in God's timing, and stay friends than hold on. And so you say, is it, if it's too long, you've got to understand God's, God moves people's hearts. We don't choose when He moves it, and we don't choose where He moves it. It's part of the grace that comes with your calling. And so... It's happened to me many times where I was convinced I was going to be in one place forever. And within days, God moved my heart from the people and moved my heart to another country. And I was like, how did that happen? I was here for life. But God, and if I was to stay to appease the church, the people, and honestly, guys, I think I would have become an enemy to most of those people. So there are days where it's too quick and I get that. But I also want to say don't be so careful and cautious that you end up enemies and they become loyal to you or loyal to the church rather than obedient to the Father. And ultimately, I still believe if they've heard God, who are you to say no? And a lot of people, you know, NCMI, like we should have a fund for church planting, all right? We, I've been asked that every, why don't, within our ranks, we've got many people and we could get resources and and I said, it's not about having a fund. We could set that up in seconds. It's about who decides who gets that money. And just so you know, as the leader of this team, <laughs> as the leader of this team, it would fall on me, and I don't want that responsibility. God's their provider, not me. I don't decide. I've, I've said to some guys, I don't think you could pull off a church plant, but go for it if you believe. And they've gone and they've done it. Because I'm not God, just so you know. I know you know. I'm not the devil or God. But I want to say on the other side, the other guys, I'm like, this guy's going to go and break open the world for Jesus. Failed. It's like, it's not based on what I believe. It's based on what they believe and how God spoke to them. And so it's just, if you've heard God, going back to what Russ said, somewhere you've got to step out. And somewhere you want the backing of your leaders and your elders but then if we're serious about church planning, we're going to have to make room for guys to go. And uh, we've seen guys crash and burn. But at the end of the day, I, I say God bless you if you gave it a go in response to the call rather than waiting for us to think you're ready. Uh, I know this is dangerous, but I'm just saying we need to plant churches in this region and nation. We need to. This nation needs more church plants across cities and towns and country towns and and you might not be able to go and break open a city, but God might have called you to go break open a country town. And it's, it's knowing where you're called to go and being free to go. And you might not be an elder, as Russ said, in this church, but you could be a lead person in another uh, context. And it's, it's not one size fits all. It's just recognizing the call of God and releasing the guys to go and do those things. I do that because what Tyron said is if you get behind someone, even though you might have question we're not the holy spirit if they fail they they're open to come back if you don't and they become an enemy and they fail you've lost them for good and so you're, you're risking a bit more by releasing them when you might think we had a couple we're just planning in launceston they really came 
expecting that God had spoken to him about planning. We didn't think it was the right time, but we, who are we? We just said, hey, we'll back you, you know, uh, we'll help you as much as we can. It didn't actually fly. And they came back and they've joined with us now again. And they realized, okay, we didn't actually know this model like we thought we did. And we fell back to something else and it didn't work. And so now we're back and we say, help us really understand what's, what's the biblical pattern, you know, so, so that we can build that way. But the door was open because we didn't stand against them. We actually did, we gave them as much as we could to help them. Yeah, I think when you're talking about the character, I think it's everything because we want to build on character. Sometimes someone, we've had this happen in our experience. Um, we planted a church out and we released them about 40, 50 people. And it looked, so, it looked so easy to somebody else that was with us. And they, pretty much six months later, we want to we plan out. But talk, uh, uh, my question is, how do you create the safeguard? Because you want them to succeed. And so when they're talking about hearing God, you've got to make sure you hear God. Just because, and, then, and then don't just hear God on your own. Hear it with the eldership team. Because there's safeguard with that. And hopefully, like these guys, we're all saying is, we actually believe in it too. And we, and we, we support, we back it, we pray, finance, whatever we can, where we can. There's no promises. But this guy, I, I remember saying, this guy came to me with a list. And uh, these are the 13 people we want to ask to come with us. Because they saw us give so many people to this other church plant. And uh, they were, we, we just released them. We, we don't feel we can do that now, right now. And, you know, anyway, we didn't feel the right time. And they ended up, like Russ said, we just said, well, you know, go for it. You know, our hearts are always here. Um, if it doesn't work out, just come back, come back home. Because... I, didn't, I, I could see now the character was definitely not in place. Charisma, yes, gifting, actually very charismatic and very gifted, but the character wasn't in place. They lasted for about a year or two. Marriage almost busted up. Um, Gathered ga, one couple that I contacted them to try to help them because I knew they had the heart for the area. And um, we just said, oh, maybe ask this couple because you're, you're good friends with them. Ask them to see if they would go with you. They didn't want to go with them. And, and then they never came back. They actually burnt, hurt, and everything, and tried to go to another local church to help them, and oh, it didn't was a was a problem to them as well. So there is protection in communication. Ask the elders, you know, timing. We want to support as a parent, as a father. We want to, we want you guys to succeed, you know, and so we want to hear God together as well. So there's there is that flip side. If we can see something, and it's clear, there is guidelines that protects. Yeah. Yeah, and quick in that, these are things when the team is vital to be able to call them in and say hey we feel this or that with them or they are asking about what do you see what is your perspective uh, that's when that outside perspective can really really help both you and them into the future that they have to not feel like you got to do it all on your own I mean there's a we've got the, the phone number up but there's one question that came through I thought it might be helpful is it's like what what is what, what, is, what wisdom can be shared on the right and wrong ways to involve elders when a saint hears from God to plant a church or join another church uh, plant? Uh, you know, like what's, what, what, what wisdom can be shared on the right and wrong ways to involve elders when hearing from God to, to a church plant? You know, like what is the right way to involve them? You know, I guess what's that process? So say there's someone here. And they're starting, you know, they're getting excited about this. They're hearing something. Yeah. Well, can I just say, if you want to, if you, God cannot honor dishonor. Just know that God will not honor dishonor. In actual fact, it goes against the very nature of who God is. So don't think God will back something that's done in dishonor. So I think you've got to do your utmost to honor God. And the way to honor God is to honor what you're a part of and to honor the process if you're honoring God together. Some are over-honoring to the people and under-honoring to God and vice versa. And so I think honor, if we can just walk this thing honorably. And so if you just put yourselves in the leader's position or the elder's position, and and if you're going to go, know that others are going to go when you end up starting something. How would you want them to lead? Just think a little more like from their side, not just your side. But but I, I do think, please don't send an email saying I'm gone. Um, 
I would suggest you shouldn't come and tell them, God's told me to go. What do you think? That's, what do you, what does an elder say to that? Well, go. God's told you. What does it matter what I think? If you could get with your elders and begin to talk and say, look, I'm really feeling like this could be God. Can I say, even if you've got writing on the wall from God, keep that writing to yourself and at least open to other guys' perspective. Just so we can't say no if you've told me God has told you. Does that make sense? So, I don't know what to tell people when they say, God's told me. I'm like, well, then why are we having this conversation? Even though maybe you felt it doesn't mean it's God. So I think if we can process, how did God speak? What's he saying? What's the timing? Uh, it's very different to planting and to going to another church. But if you're planting, we can back it and get involved with what you're doing. If you're going to go to another church, once you walk away, you've decided to go into someone else's covering, and that's a lot more difficult. God can do that. I think many times we just disgruntled where we are, so we're going to go find something, the grass is greener on the other side somewhere. You've heard about that? And what I've learned, if the grass is greener elsewhere, maybe you just need to water your own grass where you're at. That's not necessarily the Holy Spirit moving you on. It's just you looking for promotion. Or, I'm just being honest, guys. Like, it's amazing how God you know, even church planting is not gathering a bunch of disgruntled Christians and calling it a church plant because they're everywhere, and that's the biggest church in Australia right now. Um, it's hearing God and going where He's called us to go, but it's this process. And, and I think like Leo said, I mean, the, ultra, the, the ideal is God's called you to, you've got the backing of your leaders and your elders. Man, that, you're going with God's calling and people's recognition you're going to be set up far more effectively than I'm going, and I don't care what anyone else tells me. I wouldn't go. It might be a timing thing too, you know, when not everyone's feeling. It doesn't mean it's no. Maybe it's a timing thing. But I, I think honor the people in the process. You know, the Bible talks about elders are the gates, not the gatekeepers. They're the gates. In a sense, you go through the gates. You should come into your local church through the gates, but you should also leave your local church through the gates. But most of us come in through the gates and then we send an email saying, tell my elders or tell the deacon to tell the elder that I'm gone and I'm in another church. Man, how does God honor that? No one can force you to stay, but there's a way to leave properly that will leave honor here and you would be honored where you go. And so it's God's way. And so again, just to state, how does this honor God? How do we honor each other? How do we do this that brings honor to God. It's not mostly done the way we do it because I want to do it my way and that's how we go. So it's definitely working together. And I think also getting some team perspective does help because yeah. elders are often like it's, it's, uh, it's like very personal. But with a team person, we, we see, we, we have a heart for that local church, but we're not in the day-to-day -day running. We're able to bring a perspective, maybe that's biblical, that's right, but we're not caught up in the emotional tie of it. And how many of you know that's healthy? They can speak into say, you guys are a little bit too kind of concerned. It just, it's God's process of accountability and done right. And there's nothing better than leaving well and being cheered out yeah. rather than disappearing and pretend they weren't even here. When Can I just say something on NCMI partnering churches for those churches that are NCMI partnering? Because we have pushed for this non-hierarchical model, it isn't the lead elder that's in partnership with these guys. It yeah. should be us as a church. So that that's why that can work. It's not, you know, you guys are sitting with our lead pastor and then that flows down through yeah. the, the ranks or whatever. Yeah. It's each of us should feel like we actually can. Like, I mean, that's why you guys haven't snuck off to a green room after each session. You're here with us. We, 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 we were looking one. for one. We got one, and they're filled with chairs and rubbish. So. Uh, but, but I just want to honor that and recognize that, for you know, because we're talking about it. But if we're not used to that model, we might think, well, what does that even look like? You know, so, yeah. Can, can, I, just, I, can, can I jump in here and just add that uh, when, when a team, when you're going to plant, there's something that you need to understand. If you're part of a church that has a vision for the kingdom, and that permeates the church. You still have to honor those leaders in that you can't expect that they're going to give you a whole bunch of people. Right. Yeah. Too often that's our expectation. 
And the reality is that's the heart. But sometimes we planted, and there were a couple couples who had expressed a desire to come. This is out of Coastlands when we came to Melbourne. And the elders just said, no, we don't think that they should. Now, my thought was, you know, if you come from a hierarchical model, you think that they're just trying to hold on to their people because it's about church growth, not about kingdom. But it was, they, they were convinced they were actually making choices for our best. And those people would have taken huge amount of focus and energy in a church plant just shepherding them. That would have been all we had done. And they eventually fell apart anyway. And so we have to trust the leaders are for us. They're for church planning. They're for kingdom advancement. But if they don't send everybody, just so, so don't take it upon yourself to bypass that. If you're feeling like God's stirring you to church plant, to go try and recruit your own team. I'm going to take everyone on this side of the room and say, you know, th th this is our team. And, and because if, if, if you're really a father, you're going to set us up to succeed. And so you're going to give us half the church. Well, that might not actually be God's plan. And we have to trust leadership. Uh, this model that the leaders are not focused on church growth. They're not trying to hold on to people so that they look good. We're actually committed to kingdom advancement and church planning. So if they don't encourage someone to go with you, then they're probably making choices for your best and that church plan. So trust them. Just, I know you're about to, just on the money thing. No, no, just, Sorry, Chris, Chris, we can pray for you. On the resources thing. Can I... When guys come to us, like in our local church, when we're leading local church, I said, hey, we want to plant. And if they said this, we, we feel like God's called us to plant. What are you guys going to give us? Honestly, I would tell them nothing. <laughs> and right then, some would say, well, we're not going to plant. Clearly, you never heard God. <laughs> Others were like, we still want to plant. That's a good church planting strategy. Just so you know, they're not going with, what are you going to give me? I've heard God and we're going to go. And I, I want to tell you, in, our, in Denver, when we planted that church in Denver, Colorado, we moved from um, Adelaide. Adelaide, Australia, to Denver, Colorado. A bit of a difference, just so you know. And we heard God the way we heard God. But we went there, and I remember being there probably eight months or a year. And one of the guys in the church, one big church in Denver, a guy phoned, and he got his secretary to want to meet with me. Not his secretary. He got his secretary to call me to say, my, this guy wants to meet you for a coffee. So I went to meet him. And I, if I tell you the name, most of you would know the movement. But he walked up to me and he said, are you Tyron Daniel? We had a cafe. And I said, yeah. He said, well, I want to shake your hand. I was like, well, what for? He said, because you're still here. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, how long have you been here? I said, I don't know, maybe eight months or 12 months, whatever. He says, well, well done, you're still here. And I said, well, what does that mean? And then he began to tell me all the stories of people who relocated to Denver to plant churches. Some with a million dollar budget. Some who are the best communicators in some of the best ministries. And he said they came with money, with people, and with budgets, and gifted. And within 12 months, they went back to the place they came from. And I, and I, and I listened and I thought, maybe all that stuff is not enough. No. Maybe some of that stuff actually puts us back from hearing God. Now, I'm not saying we don't resource stuff, but most are like, what are you going to give me? Nothing. If you're still willing to go, then you probably have been called by God. Rather than, hey, we're going to load your wagon, fill your wagon, whatever you need, whom do you need? That should be our heart, but it's, it's not a guarantee. The call of God is the only guarantee, not the resources that we carry. And if God, I mean, can I be American for a moment? God guides, God provides. Right? That's what the Americans, we got God's God provides. And I'm just telling you. With that accent, too. And that is true. Even though it's a weird slogan, where God guides, God will be your provider. But when people say, what are you going to give me? Wrong attitude, wrong heart. Probably not ready to go yet. Lord's will, Lord's bill. Lord's way, Lord's pay. God's vision. God's provision. Oh, you, you guys have been listening to Americans on the internet. <laughs> yeah, way too much. If I, if I could just jump in there, kind of backtracking. No, no. Russ, don't make me know. 
Jerry. One, one of the things that's assumed here is that you as leaders and people who are part of a church have allowed yourself to be accountable to your elders. In order to come to a place where you come to the eldership and say, hey, we feel like God's calling us to plant and to have that input ongoingly, when you become part of a church, there is a shepherding that's meant to take place. And so I want to encourage you, you know, whether you're a lead, uh, but if you're not a lead elder in the church, and use the word carefully, submit your life to the elders. In other words, let them know what's going on. Let them input into your life in the journey. Because so often it's coming and saying, hey, we feel like planting, and they've had no chance to put anything into you, to walk with you in anything. They don't know where you're at, the things you've faced. If people in the life of the church will let the eldership be what they're meant to be, that shepherding, to guide, to care, to encourage, to invest, and to prepare, then when the time comes, they, you come and say, hey, we feel like it's time to plant. And they're like, we know, we can see it too, because you're there together. Too often we come with our agenda and bring it to them and say, hey, kind of support my thing. And as an eldership, we're scrambling to figure out who you are in essence. I mean, we know you by face, but not by life. So I want to encourage you, especially if you're not leading. And again, hear it the right way. Submit your life. Bring your marriage and say, hey, guys, just speak into us. It makes all the difference in the world to prepare you and to give a real voice into the future God has for you. Uh-oh, she's up on the Yeah. It's because I yelled at your husband, huh? I can tell. No, just to follow with what Chris is saying, the very first team that you have to... Wait, wait, come back here, team. It's all right, Mary, take a seat. 100%, take a seat. say the very first team that you have to be in unity with is your wife <laughs> or your husband and Ty Tyron's <laughs> so obviously Nicole's not here and Cheryl's not here so I just wanted to get up and say yeah, the Holy Spirit is wonderful when he wants to see a church plant, he's going to speak to you both. And it might not be as suddenly. It might be, but it might not be as suddenly. And he takes his time and he prepares you and he begins speaking to you. And it might be through prophetic dreams, which is how he speaks to me. And he might not lay out the whole plan. He might just give you little hints that there's change coming and you need to get ready for change. And he puts all the things in places. So by the time that you're in agreement together and your eldership team is in agreement, there, there's a sense of adventure that stirs in your heart that comes from him. And in the anticipation of it, there's not grace, okay? It's, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Our, how stupid are we? Or <laughs> um, the fear comes or whatever. Um, but it's the stepping out of the boat that there's a grace for it, that you step into it, and the Spirit of God goes before you, and I'm telling you, it's so much fun. It honestly is an adventure with God, and you trust Him every step of the way, and the provision comes in outstanding ways that are brilliant from the heart of God. And it's not necessarily through teams, sometimes it is, sometimes it's from unexpected places. It's an adventure, and it's lovely. So anything that you do in partnership with the Holy Spirit to honor Jesus um, brings glory to our Father, and it's so worth the journey. It's really worth it. I thought it'd be cool to maybe close on this conversation. Um, we've sat in this, I mean, we're coming to the end of Equip, uh, we've been exposed to a lot of, you know, uh, wineskin teaching and biblical blueprint, kingdom values, Christ-centered church. And say we've sat here and we're coming to this, revel this realization that maybe I have slipped into a counter-biblical model. 
or a counter kingdom model in my team. You know, I lead a team within a church um, or I actually maybe I lead a church, you know, and my church has slipped into this. What does the journey out of that look like? And maybe even like for some of us like that need to, what does it look like to partner, to begin partnership with a translocal team or NCMI, for example? It's a conversation more so. There's a couple of questions in that. Mary, would you like to talk or can I go? You okay? I, I think uh, <laughs> you did great. You know, uh, even, I mean, listen, we represent obviously the king and his kingdom. NCMI is a team, one of many. We, we totally recognize that. I think the, the best thing we can ever do, all of us, is when we are kind of moved away from things that are important from Scripture, is just to bring it back. But there's a way of doing it. Not stand up and say, I've done it all wrong, and now we're changing. And it's actually, we've been doing something this way, and now we've seen biblically. There's a good way, and then there's God's way. And we've, a, we've slipped into a good way, but it's not God's way. And so... It's the Word of God that gives us the authority, friends. Not some team somewhere told us this. I went to a conference. or It's taking Scripture and actually getting back to it. And when you begin to present the Word of God, again, this is what the Bible says. This is what we've been doing. Either we take the Bible and try and fit it into what we're doing, or the right way is to take what we're doing and bring it back to the Word of God. And you know, the Word of God, like when, we, when you open the Word of God, it's like God's opening His mouth. So when you take the Word of God and begin to speak it, and so I think it's just the plumb line. It's coming back to the Word of God and not we were wrong and we were bad. And maybe if you did, did wrong on purpose, you might need to repent, not publicly, but repent before the Father. When you sit here and, and you're hearing something and, oh, I'm challenged by that, it's not, not to feel bad, not to feel guilty, just simply the Spirit stirring you to go, you know what? You're off. And you're like, oh, God, forgive me. It's not I tried to get off it. So I think it's this repenting thing. But not get up and repent publicly. I'm a bad dude and I've been tricking you all. Unless you have. That's probably a good way to start. <laughs> but I do believe it's just the Holy Spirit bringing us back to the revelation of this truth. And we're just going to keep presenting the truth. And so we, you can't just get up and change it all and lose everybody. But you've got to then say, you know, guys, we've coming back. The Word of God is what it's about. And we're going to begin this journey together of what the Bible says rather than what our denomination or the culture or the church. And start that process. The Word of God gives the authority. And then if people have a problem with what you're saying, they have a problem with God, not with you because you're preaching God's Word. And it's so wonderful to say, I didn't write the Bible. I'm just reading it to you. So I've got an issue too, but go to him. Don't come to me. It, it just takes the pressure off us to come up with and, and just say, hey, guys, we've slipped back. So that's for our own personal lives. We should be doing it. Every time you read the Word of God, it's a mirror. Not this, I'm getting a download for a sermon and a lens. It's a mirror before it's a lens. So whenever I read the Bible, for me, it challenges me before I go and preach and challenge others. And it's in the same way when we are having to make adjustments from where we've got into business models or into denominational stuff, or whatever it be, we're saying there's a good way, but then there's God's way. And we're not anti, we're coming back to being biblical, that we're going to be radically word-based. And I believe that true followers of Jesus will buy into that. And others might get offended, but God blesses His word, not what we want. And so it's the Scriptures. And we would gladly come and speak some of those scriptures too with you. Not tell you what we think, tell you what the Bible says. And we believe so much in the Bible that we would be willing to lose people for the Bible. And I know that sounds offensive, it's not. Build God's way, God blesses His way. We've heard about that. So I think coming back to scripture, not NCMI says, or we were at a conference, or I heard some dude preach. No, no, the Bible. What does the Bible say? We've gone wrong. Let's come back. It's God's word to us. It's wonderful. It's, it's a safeguard for us all. So I think that's some of the ways. Yeah. Good. And, and just if you guys want to partner with NCMI, just I want to say this. I mean, most Is of it you something are. Something to sign. Yeah. Just give me your bank details, and we can. <laughs> ah, I just lost half of you. <laughs> this I want to say is we don't want to come into your church and minister. We want to meet with your leadership and. 
get to know them. Because what we have found is like, like we don't have any agenda except to honestly see the church is blessed, but also to see God's building kingdom way, not our way, the way from yeah, scripture. And so a lot of guys say, hey, would you come preach this in our church? And I'm like, yeah, but can I connect with your leaders first? Because like what we found is when we go and preach it in the church, the church is on board, but the leaders are not. We have a problem. We're causing damage to the church. We'd rather come sit with leaders and just chat around this. And what does the Bible say? What do you guys believe in? You know, everyone wants to fill their pulpits. We don't want to fill your pulpit. We want to partner with people out of relationship. And out of that, invite us to come minister to, into your local churches out of a trust factor rather than, hey, I want your gift. Come and mess up our church or come and... And so it's, it's, it starts with coffee and hanging out and coming to this and bringing your leaders to this. Getting some, not everyone has to be on board, but we want to work through leadership because we honor uh, God's way, which is through local elders of the highest human governing authority. Oh, very good. Oh, this, this has been absolutely incredible and brilliant. And um, this, yeah, why don't we just say thank you? Yeah. Apart, apart from dad, all of these guys have come from overseas, these two from the US, these two from Taz. So why don't we just extra... <laughs> nah, but we, we love you guys. We don't get to see you all the time and, and it's, so, it's, it's been absolutely incredible.